How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. You only want what's best for your baby. And so does BJ's. BJ's offers a variety of baby products that will take you from playtime to bath time to bedtime and beyond. Shop now through September 24th at BJ's for $3 off Johnson's, Aveeno, or Desitin baby products. Only the best will do when it comes to caring for your little ones and for parents, too. Give your baby that special care and save big at BJ's. Welcome to The Approach Shot, the golf show that's more laughs than links, more stories than strokes, more guffaws than golfers. Here are the hosts of The Approach Shot, John Ashton and Neil Michaels. And thank you to the lovely Diane who is still with us into this brand new year of 2022. You are still with us. I am here, John Ashton. Neil Aloha Michaels is here in body. I think his spirit may still be out on an island somewhere. The spirit could be flying over the Pacific, but hopefully not because that would be that's that's the least fun part. The most fun part <laughs> is trying to decide shorts or a bathing suit all day. Unfortunately for the people who are there, a lot of times it was bathing suit and nothing else. So no need for shoes here, man. <laughs> but I don't want to get into the I don't want to get into the vacation because mm-hmm. Tom Brady has retired. I was thinking about retiring. Daddy says, hey, 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 not so fast. Oh, he is that right? Because he, he hasn't made sources it. say. Yes. <laughs> yes. So so of course the internet has exploded with all of his the kudos of his career. I am just absolutely waiting for this to be like the crypto commercial where he goes, I'm not retiring. I don't know who said that, but <laughs> that's right. Have you hear but, what Tony Romo said? Uh uh-uh. uh. Tony Romo says he's probably going to uh, retire now and come back in two years. Win another oh. go out in a blaze of glory. And I, and I read rumors that, you know, wouldn't it be interesting to have him come in next year, maybe, or the year after, and maybe help push Mac Jones, you know, go out in a blaze of glory with the Pats, mm-hmm. win one in New England, mm-hmm. and then sort of work with Mac Jones to make him what is, you know, the next Brady, even though. Jones kind of doesn't really need that. He's had a great year for for a rookie. But as of now, sources say yes. Number twelve is no mo. The goat is gone. The goat is gone. As a as a Patriots <laughs> fan, how do you feel about that? Oh, I mean, he hasn't been a Patriot for a couple of years, so that it was good that he did that. Had he uh, stayed with the Patriots and retired, everybody would be going, "Oh God, what are we going to do now?" Right. But uh, you know. We, uh, we got along without him before we met him. We can get along without him now, you know? Sp- to, Spoken to like somebody who moved on a couple of years ago, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to coin a phrase. But I was rooting for Tampa Bay, man. I really was. I'd like to see the man play forever. If if he gets elected, like, immediately to the Hall of Fame, can he still come back? Can a player in the Hall of Fame still be playing? If you were a wrestler in the WWE, the answer would be yes, because a number of them have quit 
gotten elected to the Hall of Fame and then eight or nine years later decided they couldn't live without it and they come back and they wrestle for a little while and then they have their, you know, right. their, their last lap. Um, I don't know if that's ever happened in the NFL. Something we should bring up with some of our guests. Maybe we should uh, see uh, if our, our forward guest this week would be willing to do that. He's not in the Hall of Fame. He should be. He should be, man. And we no, need to start a campaign. You're, you're, you're tweaking me, man. You're tweaking me. I know. I know. We need to start a campaign. Uh, you, you're so right. I, I don't think I've ever felt as heated about that topic with somebody that we've had a chance to talk to as as I get and I got and I will continue to get with Richmond Webb, who was, in my view, one of the most, if not the most dominant offensive lineman of his time. Mm-hmm. And people talk about, and you'll hear us talk to him about his battles with Bruce Smith, who is one of the greatest pass rushers and sackers of all time. And I bet you Bruce would say he belongs in the Hall of Fame, and Bruce himself is in the Hall of Fame. So I don't know what Richmond did to piss somebody off, <laughs> but apparently it was bad enough to keep him out of the Hall of Fame, but that's not going to keep us from uh, picking up the, the proverbial torch and running with it. Bruce still has some aches and pains that are left over from from his consistent run-ins at the line of scrimmage with, with one Mr. Richmond Webb. Yeah, I'll bet you he could point to a few, yeah. <laughs> he could. It's, it's a great conversation, and it's yep. coming up next, right here, The Approach Shot. Stick with us. The great Arnold Palmer once said, Golf is deceptively simple and endlessly complicated. This quote applies to investing, too. It sounds easy, right? Invest your money and watch it grow but 90% of the people lose money in the stock market. Just remember, you can't control the markets, but you can control your risk. So how do billionaire investors control their risk? They diversify their portfolios with alternative assets like blue-chip art. In fact, many billionaires allocate 10 to 30% of their entire portfolios to art. The simple fact is that blue-chip art prices outpace the S&P 500 by 164% from 1995 to 2020. That's why I was so excited when I found Masterworks. This alternative investing platform lets you invest in paintings by legends like Andy Warhol, Monet, and Picasso without spending millions. Over 300,000 people have signed up, and if you want priority access to their newest paintings, you need to log on to masterworks.art weekend. That's masterworks.art weekend. See important disclosures at masterworks.io slash disclosures. Attention anyone who is impacted by the current pandemic and has $2,000 or more in credit card debt. If any credit card companies extended your credit with attractive interest rates or low minimum balances, and now because of it, you owe thousands of dollars in credit card debt, here's some really great news. It happened to millions of people at no fault of their own. But thanks to a powerful program now approved, anyone with $2,000 or more in credit card debt can cut their credit card payments up to half and reduce or eliminate interest charges altogether. That's right. Our nationwide nonprofit program is helping U.S. residents cut their credit card payments. We've helped over half a million people with their credit card debt, and now we can help you. Bad credit card debt happens to good people. Get free of credit card debt today. 
Call Credit Guard of America now at 800-672-6925 to see how this powerful nonprofit program can work for you. The call and information are free. Call 800-672-6925. That's 800-672-6925. I'm not sure I can remember how to do this. I'm not sure either. And I, I was actually going to insist that I bring us in and introduce you in case people forgot who you were. Okay, well, go for it. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> well, welcome back to the Approach Shot. I am Neil Michaels, and in the captain's chair is the man who's supposed to be in the captain's chair. Yes. John Ashton, welcome back. Thank you. We missed you, brother. We missed you. Yeah, well, you know, it's nice to be missed. Yeah, that's, I'll leave it there. Especially if somebody has a gun, right? It's really nice to be missed. <laughs> I am back in the chair. You back, back in the chair. The it feels like- and, and the microphone works. I can hear myself. I can hear yeah. you. I can hear Richmond Webb, our guest. Wow. I can hear everybody. Now, I, bet you, I bet you hearing Richmond Webb is a lot more exciting to you than hearing me. It is indeed. Richmond Webb is, is a nine-time pro bowler, played for Miami, played for Cincinnati. I just wonder, I know you play for Miami much longer than Cincinnati, but Cincinnati's in the playoffs. Does that like tug at your heart just a little bit going, oh man, first time in 41 years. Yeah, they did it. It's a great thing. And, you know, to actually win a playoff game. And, and you're right, I spent the majority of my career in Miami. But, you know, Cincinnati gave me an opportunity to continue to do something that I really love doing was playing football. And they welcomed me with open arms. And what I really respected about the people of Cincinnati was, a lot of blue collar folks, hardworking people, friendly people, but they love their Bengals. And mm-hmm. for me to see somebody that hadn't had really winning seasons in that long of a time, it probably had been almost 10 years, but still see the way the fan support and the, the city embraced them and really truly, truly loved the Bengals. It wasn't hard for me to really have a true admiration and appreciation for people like that. And so when they actually won the uh, playoff game this past Saturday, I was happy for him. So definitely it's a great thing for the people of Cincinnati. And I got a lot of good friends there. So I'm definitely happy for him. Come on now. The fact is that Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, just those two moving forward, even if they don't get deep into the playoffs this year, because let's face it, they've got a really tough pull this weekend. But this is a team that's going to be around for a long time, as long as those two and the offensive line do their thing, right? I mean, wow. No question. And, and in the thing, like you say, when you bring up, you know, Joe Burrow, Chase, the, the receiver, when you get two key elements like that, you like got the offensive line, they kind of got a young group mixing at the at the running back. But when it's time to go sign free agents, a lot of times free agents are now really considered coming to Cincinnati because Mm-hmm. Most people want to go where they can have an opportunity to win. So it's not going to be it's not going to be as hard to add pieces to the puzzle to maybe push them to the next level. So they they have a tremendous amount of upside. I'm I'm just really happy for them. I mean, uh, I watched the playoff game, which was good compared to last year when there was no fans in the stands. And mm-hmm. now we get back to really football yeah. and um, to see the excitement and this and that and the way people are just overjoyed, you know, during playoffs. My, my Dolphins are not in there, but I can still be happy for other teams because I know that experience 
that um, it, it was it was a good thing to see for the Bengal fans. So, John, did you hear that? It was it's my Dolphins. Yeah, of course. I will tell you, <laughs> Richmond and I have have hooked up on social media, and he has respect and love for the Bengals. But I don't know what the word is that he's got for the Dolphins. <laughs> Obsession. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I remember saying to you. It's fins to the left and fins to the right. And we had sort of a laugh over that. But this man bleeds Dolphin Aqua. Oh, yeah. There's no question, you know, to be drafted and then to be drafted by Hall of Fame coach Don Shula and then, you know, playing with guys like Marino, stuff like that. It was so important to my development, not just skill set, but for as the discipline of what it took to be a professional in this league, how to conduct yourself on and off the field. So, it wasn't just football for me and my I learned so many other things, especially under Coach Shula. And then, you know, after he left, Coach Johnson and then Monstead. So I really had a huge influence and then to go to Cincinnati for a couple of years to retire and then sign a one leg contract where I can retire Dolphin and they were they welcomed me back with open arms. You know, I had a good relationship. So I was a dolphin. I, I just went and played somewhere else for a couple of years. But yeah, <laughs> I was already a dolphin, yeah. Hey, Richmond, is it, is it hard to play? I don't know, you play college ball in Texas. You play for the Dolphins the majority of your career. When you have to, like, play the Vikings or the Lions or somebody like, is it hard because you you practice and you're used to the, the humidity and the heat, and then you get up and you got to play a game and without any of that stuff? See, I, I see you try, trying to set me up here. <laughs> the Vikings, the good thing about the Vikings, which I guess you didn't think I remember, the Vikings have a dome stadium, so you know, before we actually got this show started, he's he lived, you know, he told me he's in the Kentucky area this now. I said, okay, cool. So we're talking about Churchill Downs, but then he lets it slip that he's from the Boston area. Yeah, he did. And from Boston. I started out with the Celtics, you know, which was even but then I had to ask him, I say, So are you New England? He's like, Of course. So we don't even have to talk about the Vikings. We can talk about going to New England in December or Buffalo or, you know, New York. It's just sweeping the snow off the yard markers. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And, and for the most part, a couple of times we played up there, it was, pretty, it was pretty cold. But I think the thing that I try to tell people about cold weather games is I think they affect you more, or at least me. If the game is tight, I don't really think about the weather. But if we're winning by a lot or possibly losing by a lot, it seems like now you start wanting to watch the clock to say, you know, get out of here. But if the game is within seven, ten points, you know, it's going either way. Even if you're ahead, you still got to say, okay, we still got to keep going because this team can catch up. But if you're just getting dogged out, blown out or whatever, you'd be like, it doesn't matter whether it's hot or cold. You'd be like, man, it's one of those days and we need to try to get this thing over as soon as possible because it's, it's getting ugly and ugly by the minute. Yeah. Like it was for the Patriots last week against Buffalo. I'm not going there. See? <laughs> <laughs> but you opened the door for me, so I stepped through it. <laughs> My goodness. Man, I, I, I thought you two, y'all two guys work together. Don't, what's going on here? Oh, Richmond, believe me, I'm a Cowboy fan, and he has not even started on me yet. So, you know. Oh, I, I, I feel, you know, I grew up in Dallas, so. And I, I like to see the Cowboys do well, but that was a tough game. And the thing I tell people is they didn't play very disciplined football. When you go out and 
commit that many penalties. You know, they want to focus on that last play, but it was things that they did that that was way out of character for their team that I was like, you just don't do that. Yeah, can I ask you about that? Two things. Number one, it was there were 14 penalties that they committed, and you're never going to win a game, much less a playoff game in that. But the focus that everybody has on the time management, I totally get the time management piece of it. But everybody's saying, you know, if they had just gotten that playoff, there's no guarantee that they were going to score a touchdown on that play. I mean, let's say they go back and and even if they do, then it's a tie ball game. They still got to kick the the extra point. But there's no guarantee they're going to score a touchdown. Certainly San Francisco knows if there's three, if there's one second left on the clock, they're going to guard the end zone. So uh, I don't know why the focus is there instead of on the 14 penalties and the really bad decision making, not getting CD lamb the ball, all of that. You hit the nail on the head. And even if you go back to the play before that, where Dak had to run the quarterback sneak or whatever, mm-hmm. they were playing their defense to where they was going to keep everything in front of them. And right. if, if the receivers caught it, they're going to try to tackle them in bounds. So I think it was just, it's almost like dying a slow death. You know what's happening, but you try to find something. That, <laughs> I don't know. We could have got this, we could have got that. Oh, brother, I was I was sitting in my chair dying a slow death. You're exactly right. <laughs> I, I watched that game. It, it, it was hard because I seen the 49ers jump out on them, and they just never really got in a rhythm. I don't know what it was. It was just they was, they was out of sync, and then they kept causing penalties when they would make a big play. They didn't mm-hmm. have to come back, you know, 30 yards. Okay, come back holding or this and that or false start or guy not set. And I was like, man, you don't normally make these many mistakes consecutively this late in the year, normally you're a little bit more fine-tuned than that. So that was a little disheartening for me. Yeah, it's Is like coaching? It, you know, people blame it on coaching, but you can't blame that. The coach calls the play. You know, you come in, this and that. I think you try to, you know, get them together on the sideline, but it wasn't just offense. It was guys making penalties on defense that it was yeah. just uncharacteristic play. And I'm like, I don't know what y'all focused on or whatever, but I don't blame the coach for all of that. I think you, you try to rally and say, hey, this is not us. Y'all like, get your head out your ass and let's go. There you go. Because, Richmond, you you are offensive lineman. Yeah. And some of those holding penalties, they, they weren't subtle by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, they were grab the guy, pick him up, and throw him to the ground. What was going through those guys' heads when they did that? I, I guess the thing that really surprised me on some of them was that guys acting like they couldn't believe that they called them. <laughs> then when you watch the replay, you'd be like, I can't I can't support you on this one, bro. Right. <laughs> it, was, it, was just, it was just that bad. Guys are always gonna try to pull their acting job like they didn't do anything wrong, but it was it was like blatant. But you gotta see you hurting your team, but that that's the thing I'm saying. Like with Coach Shu, if you jumped off sides or if you had holding penalties, it was almost like having your mom in the stands, you could hear Coach Shula on the sideline, like going off, and you knew this to put like blinders on, like a horse, and like whatever. I'm not looking over there, and then when I got ready to come off the field, I would find out where he was and try to go the direct opposite, but he's gonna still come down there and chew you. Like, I can't, I can't keep doing this here. So it's like he demanded that you know we we were always one of the least penalized teams. We did you know the minimal mistakes in it. It was the preparation, but he drilled that. Even in practice, you know, he didn't let it slide this net, so it became kind of our norm. And even when we did, you know, somebody make a penalty in the game, he let you know the seriousness of it because 
it's already hard enough to go 10 yards, but if you go got to go 15 or 20, it's like you're putting yourself in in a bad situation. So, yeah, it brought back some memories. I, I felt bad for some of those guys, but I was like, Man. I always wondered what what if if they tried to hide from the coach on the way. I tried. <laughs> hell, I was the guy on the field. Hell, I couldn't hide. <laughs> Even if I was the guy, Coach Shula would come flying. He did not. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure they know where you sit, so they'll find you if they need I to. I miss Richmond Webb when he runs off the field. <laughs> yeah. Richmond Webb he's is our guest. Like and we're going to talk more football. We may even see if he's picked up a golf club recently. <laughs> hey, hang out with us. Hey, it's Neil. And like you, I've heard about a lot of folks making money with crypto. But frankly, outside of Bitcoin, I know nothing about crypto. Well, I was curious, and on YouTube, I found Crypto with James and started watching. James is cryptocurrency expert James McMahon, and his Copy My Crypto membership site shows you the very cryptocurrencies that he personally holds, so you can actually just copy them. Crypto with James's YouTube channel has over 15,000 subscribers and 1 million views. As an example, James's top pick of the year, a coin called Phantom, is currently up 440 times what it was when he originally made it one of his picks. Imagine if you had just put $1,000 into that one investment. So join the 1,300 members who already take advice from or just copy James by going to copymycrypto.com approach. You'll not only find proof of everything I've said, but listeners of The Approach Shot can join for just $1. You won't find this offer anywhere else on the internet. That's copymycrypto.com slash approach and join today for just $1. Texting enrolls you into recurring automated text messages. Message and data rates may apply. Men, want to feel younger, stronger, leaner? You don't have to slow down after 40. Frank Thomas found the secret to staying in shape with the energy and drive of his 20s. Man, you look like you could still hit it a mile. I feel great, too. What gives? After 40, men slow down. It's harder to stay in shape. Why? Our free testosterone levels drop. It happened to me. And then I found Nugenics Total T. New Nugenics Total T is our most powerful man-boosting formula ever because it boosts your free testosterone and your total testosterone. Nugenics Total T helps provide even more energy, performance, testosterone, and muscle-boosting ingredients for even better results. To get your complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T, text GRIT to 321321. Samples are not available in stores. Well, wait. What are you going to do something about it now? i got to try Nugenics Total Tea. Text GRIT to 321321 for your complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea. That's G-R-I-T to 321321. We're back. Thanks for hanging. I'm John Ashton. He's Neil Michaels. Richmond Webb is our guest. Nine-time Pro Bowler. Miami Dolphins. I used to party with some of the guys at the University of Louisville and Devontae Parker when he got drafted by uh, by the Dolphins. It was a big party. He was, he was a, a friend of the, the group I hung with. So, so you try to hang out with when I come to Louisville. You the big party guy, huh? Oh, yeah. I, I have my moments, man. <laughs> so down play it, but yeah, I got, I'm, I'm making my notes over here. Yeah. Richmond, well, just, first, just, just so you know, John yeah. was the guy who set us up with a guy named Tim Laird, who we had on the show, who was the country's CEO, which stands for Chief Entertainment Officer. Wow. Which means that basically he makes cocktails for a living. John and he were like close, like buddies. And Man. that's why we had him on the show. <laughs> and he's had he's got cocktail stories of five o'clock in the morning, 
pouring bourbon into his coffee and stuff. Yeah. So don't let don't let him tell you that he's like slowed he's down or anything because that's not true. Going in. Well, I told you we were broadcasting live the whole week of, of Derby, right? I got out of the station van and Tim at the time was working for Brown Foreman Distillers and Woodford Reserve is their big bourbon and they were sponsoring the race, basically. So I, I got out of the van. I had this very tall cup of coffee. He said, John, what's in the cup? <laughs> I said, coffee. It's five o'clock in the morning. And he goes, just coffee? It's Derby week. <laughs> 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 a couple shots of reserve oh, no. bourbon into the coffee. And that's, uh, I mean, every every day that week at 9.30 in the morning, my broadcast partner and I stumbled out of the backside of Churchill Downs. I could imagine. a bit of a buzz on. So it was great. Mm. It's, it's always nice to hear that your partner's drinking at 6 o'clock in the morning. It's it's the best. I, I yeah. was at the beginning of the, of the broadcast and then about 30 minutes before it ended, after about two cups of that good coffee you were sipping on over there. Oh, see. yeah. And and then they they come by with, hey, we just made up this cocktail. What do you think? <laughs> what in it? What's in it? Don't care. Just try it. <laughs> so. And, of course, he never said, no, I'm on the air. He said, what's in that? I'd like another one. Hey, Richmond, we're just talking about coaches. I'm going to put this out there because I like to stir the stick a little bit, as oh. they say. What do you think of the incredibly stupid? I mean, you make it your choice on this. What do you think of the choice of getting rid of Brian Flores? It was it was definitely a surprise to me. You know, they just won nine and eight. You look at his resume: three years, the last two years. You go ten and six. You go nine and nine and eight. Two winning seasons, which in three years after complete total rebuild. So you look at that, and then. I start hearing stories leak out, so I don't know all the gist of it and this and that, but it seemed like it was some friction between Coach Flores and, and the, the owner or they mm-hmm. could be on the same page or whatever. And uh, in any situation like that, the owner's going to win, you know, because he's got the ultimate overall. Whatever they were disagreeing about, I'm not for sure, but that, that was the last things I heard. So I do think he's probably one of the hottest coaches right now in 2022 that doesn't have a job. So. I'm expecting him to be picked up. Uh, well, there's like nine quickly. openings, aren't there? Like nine? Yeah. yeah. So I'm just hoping whoever the next guy is, he can continue what Coach Flores was able to build and build upon that and take us to that next level. So yeah, uh, that's the way I'm trying to look at it. I just try to stay positive because you can only control what you can control. But yeah. hopefully the next guy up will continue to lead the team in the right direction. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, I sort of felt like that was it had to be something other than performance because when you start one and eight and then you win, you you tack off all those wins in a row and put yourself in a position to get to the playoffs if a couple of things happen in your favor, and then suddenly he's gone. It's like, wow, what had to have been the backstory here? Because the momentum he had carrying this team forward was very strong, very good, and certainly would roll over in the next year. And Part of me thinks that that kind of breaks the momentum. You know, the team goes, okay, we got here and we're feeling good about move, the way we're moving and the way it sort of came together. And now we have to sort of start over with a new system or whatever the new coach brings in. You know, you bring up a good point for a team to go one and seven, which is for your mental, that's not good. Cause it's like, I know we lost a couple of games that I thought we could have won, lost them at the end of the game. I think Jacksonville kicked the last-minute field goal to beat us. Mm-hmm. Atlanta kicked the last field goal to beat us 
at the end, and maybe the Raiders kicked the last. It was like two or three games that if they go the other way, like you said, to go one and seven and then for guys to still continue to believe and get it turned around, that means you're still buying into what the coach is telling you because most right. of the one and seven, you're like, man, he, this, this is a rah-rah speech. Let me listen to what he's going to say, and we're going to just go out here and do because we're not expecting to win anyway. But he never lost the locker room, so I give him – you know, credit for that because guys still believed in in what he was doing and, and got to turn back around, which I thought was a tremendous job. I have a historical question, and forgive me for not knowing the answer, but was Shula a fantastic coach when he came, or did he become a fantastic coach while with the Dolphins? I think he was in the makings of it. I remember he was at I want to say it was Baltimore. Baltimore, yeah. He was a defensive coordinator in Baltimore. Yeah, a couple of years. And then he came to Miami and in the 60s. So you figure the 60s, the 70s, 80s, and 90s, not only winning decades, but winning seasons. Yeah. That kind of consistency, you just don't see that. And I think that's what people look at is, you know, somebody can say, I won in all four decades of coaching that I, you know, I coached in. You just don't find that. And then the things that he did in coaching, even after he retired, you know, it's great philanthropy. He always encouraged us to give back to people who were less fortunate. So he was big as far as in charitable work, just things like that. But to make the transition from being in coaching all your life. And he had a couple of steakhouses, but he really, you know, that really became a successful venture for him, opening up steakhouses and little mm-hmm. bars and stuff. So, he had the formula, so I think he would have been successful in whatever he did, but he just stuck to the formula. And once he figured out that's what works, I think he'd be successful in whatever he did. So learned a lot from him. So, yeah, he was man, he was a tremendous asset. Also seems to be in, in football, both collegiate and, and pro, when you have a legendary coach and he leaves, suddenly the patience for letting a replacement build something is non-existent no no question i remember after that jimmy johnson took over and you know a lot of people look doesn't mind taking over after legend if it was me i would want that job i don't want to be the first man in that seat you know let it right and then you know it doesn't look as bad you know i think about that all the time i'm a big college football fan and what nick saban has been able to do at alabama when he Hmm. Decide, decide to retire, whoever the next guy up is, that wouldn't be me the first guy after that. It's just no matter what you do, you could go and say you go 11 and 2. It's not going to be good enough because they're going to say, yeah. even did this. It's like, some well, people, how many coaches did Alabama blow through before they found Saban? I mean, there, there was like a revolving door at Alabama. It was a bunch of them. I'll tell you that. It was a bunch of them. But what, I guess it's the thing I'm saying when you had it, type of success, that type of longevity. And even with Nick Saban, you look at it, you can even look at that with Bill Belichick. I know you're a New England fan, this and that. But when you have coaches that continually leave, become other head coaches, and you got to keep developing not only players, but your coaching staff, keep everything, the, the shit running, that's when I say you are really good at what you do. Mm-hmm. And regardless of that, you know how to manage all that. And then the game has changed tremendously now with free agency. Guys, you know, two or three years are here to go there and that. 
now with the turnover and coaches and, you know, people see you got a really good thing. The first thing they're going to do is come cherry pick off your staff because you're going to say, okay, we want those guys. We want those guys. And you got to say, okay, you can't be selfish. No, I don't want this guy to go and be successful. I got him here. Let me keep him here. It's, yeah. When you can just say, no, go try it, this and that, and blah, 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 and you're happy for the guy, and you still – it's successful. That's that's not common these days. And oh, we're going to have that in Dallas. Dan Quinn's going to get picked off by somebody. Question. And, He's he going to be a head coach, you know, by the end of this week, early next week kind of thing, and they're going to be right back to trying to get somebody in the, on that defense that, that the players will buy into. And uh, I agree. I, I don't think he's going to be there long either. I agree. Nope. Hey, Richmond, I told you I'm the guy who stirs the stick. Why aren't you in the Hall of Fame? God bless it. I'm, hold on. We don't cuss on this show. But why in the hell, the hell we is Richmond Webb not in the freaking Hall of Fame? You know, I, I I guess the question I have now is I, I know I have the resume. I, I think the thing – I continue to keep coming up on the list, but for some reason I can't – I don't know what I got to do to make it from the – the first list to the semifinals, at least that would be progress. But I just know that you have to be a Hall of Fame voter. Normally that's people that's in the media, you know, writers, this and that. I have had a couple people going to bat for me, so hopefully it happens soon. But I'm just waiting. I think it will happen. It's just it's it's been a long process, but I, I keep my head focused mm-hmm. on what I like. My definition of a Hall of Famer, whether it's football or baseball, is Someone who dominated the game when they were playing. Doesn't matter what your actual numbers are. I know in baseball, they get tied up in the numbers a lot. It's guys who completely change the game by being on the field. Outside of Bruce Smith, who I know you love dearly, there was nobody on that field that could keep up with Richmond Webb. I mean, if whoever the defensive guy that lined up against you, they were going to have a bad day. <laughs> they were going to have a bad day. Yep. And you dominated the line. And part of Marino's success is because he never had to watch his back. So yeah. that's why I don't get it. You know, we threw the ball so much back then. And it was more running running teams. And one of the things I've heard is sometimes we didn't have a lot of thousand-yard rushes in this net. And I guess my answer to that is, well, me and Keith wasn't brought there to That's right. run the football. We were brought there to protect Dan Marino. It wasn't that we didn't want to run the football, but we had this quarterback with an extraordinary trip. My, my rears run together, but extraordinary talent throwing the football. Coach Hugh recognized that, and you can even notice from when Bob Greasy was the quarterback, you know, they ran the football with Zonka Mary, Mercury Mars, this and that. But when he got Marino, he seen what he had, and then he kind of built the offense around him. You know, Nat Moore, Mark Clayton, Mark Duper, those type of guys, and let him do what he really did well. So if they told us to run the ball, we would have did it. But we were supposed to protect Dan Marino, and that's what we did. So I don't understand how people try to use that as a knock because we didn't call the plays. We just did whatever we were told to do. Other than that, I, I, don't, I don't see what else they could John, I think you and I should jump on the on the bandwagon and promote the Richmond Web in the Hall of Fame. We need to get out there and start be, gr- John and that group of people who's shouting we need about to pick it. up the banner and run That's with right. it. We need to do that. Have you come up with enough questions to do a six pack? Because I think we need to do one next. You know what? I think I might have. Yeah. Then hang out because we're coming right back. We are the approach shot. Richmond Webb is going to be on the hot seat with six questions he needs to answer quickly. 
We'll be right back. Don't go away. Tired of paying outrageous prices for Viagra? Well, we have great news. Now you can finally get Viagra at huge discounts. Generic Sildenafil allows you to save up to $650 on Viagra. Why pay name brand prices of $15 per pill or more when you can get the same results for less than $3 a pill? Call today and get 50 generic Sildenafil pills for just $99. Call 800-590-0443. That's 800-590-0443. Again, 800-590-0443. And welcome back to the Approach Shot. I'm John Ashton. He is Neil Michaels. Richmond Webb, vote for the Hall of Fame. If you're a sports writer, put him on your ballot. Come on. Put him on your ballot. What the right hell now. are you thinking? Kish. Any sports writer with any semblance of intelligence would already have this guy voted in. We've had some sports writers on the show. We might have to send some emails. Okay. We might have to. Yep. Every little bit helps. In the meantime, to add to your misery, <laughs> we got a six pack of questions that we need you to answer. Boom, boom, boom. First thing that comes to mind. I'll try to. I'll, I'll try to do my best. Yeah. Speed speed things up. Yeah, and and uh, we do have a buzzer, but it's not much of, as much of a buzzer as it is a. No. So if you'd like, take too long or want to give me like two or three quick. No, no, we're gonna move this along. All right, you ready, Richmond? I, I don't have a choice, so yeah. No, you do not. You're right. Question one. You can choose anyone in history to have a beer and talk sports with, and it does not have to be a football player. Who would you choose? Hmm. Did it have to be a sports player? Or did it just... does not have to be. It could be anybody in history. Uh, I'm going to say Muhammad Ali. Ooh. Bam. Yeah. That that would be an excellent. I didn't know I had to be a sports person, whatever. But I thought about it just from watching him in interviews. He's so quick and so funny that I would love to sit there and talk to him, and and I'm sure I would be rolling on the floor because of his facial expression. It's you know, just I, I think I just have a ball just sitting there with him. That is a fantastic answer. All right, question two, Richmond. Do you have a nickname that most of us don't know? Bam Bam. <laughs> Didn't did not have that. <laughs> Started in uh, college, and that was my nickname, Bam Bam. Count from like the uh, Flintstones. If y'all watch uh, Fred Barney Rubble, and Barney had the son Bam Bam. He's walking around with the club stick. And was Pebbles. your wife Pebbles? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I know a little bit about this Neil. Hold up now. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that was my nickname in college, Bam Bam. There you go. Love it. All right. Question three, which brings you more enjoyment, raising the perfect bell and banana pepper or laying the perfect block on Bruce Smith? Laying the perfect block on Bruce Smith. (laughs) (laughs) You want to tell people about your peppers? Oh, you know, I do a little gardening. I got some citrus trees, uh, grow bell peppers, banana peppers, grew some collard greens, kale, and I just started trying to get into fig trees. So I got some fig cuttings I planted. And my wife likes figs. So if I find out something she likes, I'll try to play with it and see if I can get it going. So y'all we got some y'all we got, got some fig trees here. Those are great when they're ready. That's what that's what I hear. So, so yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Well, if you do meet up with John, 
I'm going to come there just for the banana peppers because I'm a huge fan. I'm coming for the coffee. So, yeah, that's all I want some of the coffee. That you are. John looks like you have to call Tim and get your hookup. <laughs> all right. Question four Richmond Webb, what's the most embarrassing thing that ever happened to you on a football field? I think the most embarrassing thing happened to me on the football field is YouTube. I think it was either my first or second year. We filmed this video and it's got me and Keith Sims dancing. Some of the other guys, but I don't really care about them. But it really showed that we don't have dance moves. And that's what let me know that the Internet never forgets anything. So now every now and then I get a reminder of somebody will post this video and send it to me of us dancing in dolphin jerseys and these Zuba pants that we used to wear back in it look like some zebra looking pants. That's right. I get that reminder from time to time. Like, what were you thinking when you just agreed to do this video? So <laughs> yeah, that's it. And and just so that we get this out there, who had the worst moves? You or Keith? Oh me, I I, I yeah, Keith got way better. Hey, I, I, I was like, man, this is. We probably could flip a coin, but I, I'll, I'll take the I'll take I'll take the trophy on that one now. I said I was worse than he was. That's probably what's keeping you out of the Hall of Fame. Bad dance moves. <laughs> You're probably right. It's like, oh, no, no, we can't put this in here. All right, question five. What's the funniest or most memorable thing that Marino ever said in the huddle? Funniest? Oh, it was the uh, funniest thing, I guess, at the time was me and Keith Sims were rookies. We were in training camp, and Dan came up to us. And we're trying to learn the plays. Remember the snap count and snap. He said, hey, what's the most important thing you got to remember? And so we look at each other and we're like, the snap count? He's like, no. I said, you know, the, the plays, the assignment, he's like, no. And so we're sitting there, we're scratching. And he waited for a minute. He said, the most important thing you got to remember is to protect me. <laughs> and we kind of you know, laughed that, you know, he, he had us really startled for a minute because – we didn't want to get the answer wrong, but hell, everything we were saying, it wasn't the right answer. And it was like, it went right over our head. But <laughs> after we thought about it, we kind of laughed with him and he laughed with us. So it, it was pretty cool. That was one of the funniest things. I remember that. That's great. All right. And question six, we ask this of everybody who comes on the show. Since we are the approach shot, Richmond Webb, in your approach to life, what one rule do you live by? Treat people how you want to be treated, whether you know them or not. You never know who you're talking to. You never know who knows who. But if you treat people how you want to be treated, most of the time you're going to reciprocate that. So that's 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 what I try to live by. Amen. Wow. That was fantastic. And you did great on the six-pack. I mean, the hot seat wasn't even hot for you. You yeah. were, you were- well, I don't know what y'all are talking about. That's because y'all ain't sitting in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you are off the hot seat. Thanks so much. Good job. Thank you. All right. I was going to say, and and uh, what's got you busy these days? Well, my youngest daughter is at AM. So I, that's, that's why I started gardening, COVID, stuff like that. I was trapped in the house and couldn't do nothing. And I really like doing that. Just retired and got some rental properties, kind of try to manage those. And other than that, that's it. But man, I'm just enjoying life. And I get to get to a dolphin game or two you know, every year and try to make about two or three ag games a year. So, man, life is good. I ain't got no complaints. Nice. Very cool. 
Fantastic to meet you, man. Hey, I'm waiting on that coffee, John. I ain't forgot about that, brother. <laughs> you know where I live, man. <laughs> I got the coffee and, and the accoutrement. That's it. Just and show up and it's all yours. Out there. Yeah. Richmond, I know you're not playing golf these days because of your elbows and your shoulders and everything are stiff and stuff, but John still plays. Okay. And he might have a cup of coffee in the cart while he's playing. It sounds like you guys could have an afternoon. Now, I, I do that. It's a couple of golf tournaments they have here that I'll go out and ride around with the foursome and, and hang out with them and talk. And, you know, they have the different little spots along the golf course and those, I, I call them scrambles where you play the best ball or whatever. We right. run, and uh, I always like going out, hanging out. You meet different celebrities, so that's good. The good, the good thing is, every now and then I'll get somebody that's you sure you don't want to hit this and that. Every now and then I might grab a putter and and try to putt, but I, I know not to be trying to swing off of that tee or whatever because it feels good when you hit the ball exactly right. Mm-hmm. Uh, they actually got me to try this was about five six years ago, and it was a part three. And I hit the um, three or five wood. But, man, I, when I tell you I got it and it hit and it went straight, it didn't slice, it didn't hook, I couldn't believe it because I don't play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Instead of hitting it 180, I probably hit it 220. So it went straight. <laughs> I was like, you get a good shot. But I think that's the thing that's frustrating about golf. But I always have a good time because you get to talk to people and you get to learn about them. Yeah. Like this, I always enjoy talking to people and finding out stuff and having a cup of coffee with them. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Back to that coffee. He is not going to let you forget that. Hey, it's here <laughs> for you, man. Anytime. I'm ready. <laughs> I am ready. I know you are. I know you are. I'm just joking. With where, where do you live now? You're living in Miami or you're back I'm in Texas? I'm, I'm midway. So I'm okay. from Dallas, but I live in Houston on the north side. So about an hour and a little less than an hour and a half from College Station, so that's why I say you get back and forth over there pretty good. And then it's not even maybe two hour, two and a half hour flight to Fort Lauderdale. I know I'm flying to Fort Lauderdale. We go down for a game or two, so I'm in a good spot. Yeah, sounds great. Well, cool. Thank, thank you for having me on the show. I had, man, I had a great time. Pleasure having you, man. It was our pleasure. Totally, Richmond. All right. Y'all have a good day. Indeed. And Richmond Webb for the Hall of Fame. Remember. Yeah. Appreciate that. Vote early and often. All right. All right, brother. Great having you. All right. See you, man. Take it easy. If you're like me, you've been hearing a lot about burials and cremation lately. It's kind of a sad thought, but thousands of these poor souls have to be stored in these big refrigerator trucks waiting sometimes weeks before they can be put to rest. And then and then the average funeral cost is over ten grand. I don't have that kind of money just lying around, do you? Everyone has the right to die with dignity, and an affordable burial policy can be had for as little as a dollar a day. Call Final Expense Network for a free quote. They shop for affordable rates from brand name companies, folks you've heard of. One call and you get coverage to finish well. You can even name your church as a beneficiary. Come on, you have loved ones. Don't leave them at the last hour of their need. Call now, 800-589-0470. That's the Final Expense Network at 800-589-0470. Finish well. Make a quick call to 800-589-0470. 800-589-0470.
Now maybe you're convinced you'll get on the bandwagon. Mm-hmm. Draft Richmond Webb for the mm-hmm. Hall of Fame. I mean, nine seasons with the Dolphins, man. Nine seasons as an All-Pro with the Dolphins. As, as an all yeah, exactly. Right. And, yeah. and a couple of darn good years with the Bengals, too. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it comes back to what's your definition of a Hall of Famer? You know, he didn't throw any touchdown passes. He didn't make any touchdown receptions. But there are enough offensive linemen and defensive linemen and people who whose you know last name aren't Marino that, <laughs> that got in. And, and uh, I just I don't get it. If you're a Dolphins fan, you get it. If you're a, a purist in the sport and just are a fan, you get it. Uh, apparently, the sports writers don't. You know, here's my point. Dan Marino stood on his feet often enough to throw enough passes, to, to throw enough TD passes to get his own butt into the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. And if it wasn't for guys like Richmond Webb, he would have been sprawled out on the ground like most of the other Miami Dolphin quarterbacks that came after Marino. <laughs> I, will, I will bet you, though, no, I mean, no, no slight to Marino. I'll bet you if you call, if we got Dan Marino on this show, and said, do you believe Richmond Webb deserves to be in the Hall of Fame? We wouldn't get the question out of our mouths before he said, hell yes. Oh, yeah. I'm because sure he, he's aware of the fact that he that he knew that Richmond Webb and Keith Sims, he never had to worry about his back. Yeah. And if it happened, it happened rarely. And it was usually when they were playing a team that had an outstanding sack-oriented defensive lineman on the other side. And then he'd be more aware of it. But even then... You know, I mean, the fact of the matter is he he did attribute a lot of his success to, to that line. So, yeah, here's a here's a torch. Take it. Take it and run There's, with it. Speaking of of uh, accolades, mm-hmm. let me uh, take a, a little slight detour for a second, if I would. Do it. We have another podcast. It's called Those Weekend Golf Guys. It's true. It is one of eight podcasts being looked at as golf podcast of the year worldwide it is true and congratulations just being in that eight thank you sir but we would like to be number one yes i would like that for you we'd want to win this uh, sucker so just like richmond webb needs to be in the hall of fame we need to be number one just just go to sportspodcastawards.com yep Go to the golf podcast category and vote for us, those weekend golf guys. I have already done so many times. So you yes. can and you can vote more than once. Early so, and often. Yes, indeed. And you can vote through the sixth of March. So I was gonna I was gonna say I hadn't seen an, a stop date on that. So yeah. good. Now that I'm back from vacation, that will be on my list to do every day. And I hope that uh, our listeners can join you. So again, sports podcast. Sports sportspodcastawards.com. There you go. Sportspodcastawards.com. Yep. And you have to go to there's a there's one that says golf podcast. There's a little click, yeah, a little tile that says, yeah. Yeah. You just do a little search for the golf podcasts and you'll see the eight of us there. And um, you don't need to listen to the others. Just take our word for it. We're the best. That's true. That's <laughs> Appreciate true. And and we have friends that are amongst the other eight. We so, do. You know, we we have some former guests. Who are amongst the other eight? <laughs> so it's it, it, it. The great thing is, it's a friendly brotherhood, all of whom want really good things for the other people. But this is definitely one of those situations where we want guys like Chris Mascaro, who is 
the host of one of those other shows. I won't mention right. it right now. Um, right. We, we love him, and I would love nothing more than for him to finish second. And you know, and you know what he does every time on Twitter, anyone mentions his podcast and the fact that he's in the running for this award. Yeah, he tags us, <laughs> so so we can see what people are saying. The lovely things people are saying about his podcast. That's, that's lovely. <laughs> you know what? Like he's got Chris. another. He's, he's got another pad, podcast called Thursday Night Tailgates. Go ahead and vote for that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Split your vote. There you go. <laughs> All right. Enough of this foolishness. Just go vote and uh, know that you have our undying appreciation for that. Against those weekend golf guys, we are the approach shot. And uh, thank you so much for being here. We did not get a chance to even jump into uh, uh, Richmond's golf game. <laughs> no, it's interesting because that's, I think we've done, we've done almost 60 shows now. And it's the second time that I can remember that we got so engrossed in the conversation with the person about what was going on there that yeah. after we were done, you and I spend a couple of minutes with our guest afterward and thank them for their time and, you know, just talk a little bit more. And they say, oh, I've got some great golf stories we should probably have gotten into. And we're like, well, maybe next time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe next time. How do you guarantee you get invited back to the approach shot? Hold on to the best golf stories. There you go. That's, how you, that's exactly right. Hold on to those. We'll be around for a while. <laughs> So if you don't have any great golf stories, don't worry about it because you will get some. All you need to do is go out there and play some golf. But when you do, remember, what's that? The, the same people invented golf and called it a game that invented bagpipes and called it music. You know, you were gone for a couple of weeks, and I, I tried to say that the way you said it. And the first week, I'm sure I screwed it up. The second <laughs> week, I think I got it right, but it just didn't sound right coming out of my mouth. So welcome back. <laughs> and let's, let's also remember, life is a gift. Go open it. You've been listening to The Approach Shot with the Weekend Golf Guys. If you like this week's episode, be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you download your podcasts. And find us on the web at ApproachShot.net. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. You only want what's best for your baby. And so does BJ's. BJ's offers a variety of baby products that will take you from playtime to bath time to bedtime and beyond. Shop now through September 24th at BJ's for $3 off Johnson's, Aveeno, or Desitin baby products. Only the best will do when it comes to caring for your little ones and for parents, too. Give your baby that special care and save big at BJ's. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. 
with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.